Hey, welcome to another episode of Talking Mindset with Murph. I'm DMAC and I'm with our CEO, Brian Murphy. Murph, good morning. Morning, DMAC. All right. Hey, we got a special episode today. Really uh, excited about this one. We got a special guest. Our guest today is the Chief Information Security Officer for Southwest Airlines. The one and only Michael Simmons is here. Michael, good morning. Good morning. Great to see everyone. Yeah, well, I tell you what, um, you know, we've talked about this for a few weeks of having you on here. And, and, and again, we're excited just to talk about uh, security, talk about leadership, talk about, you know, the insights that you have and, and just really excited for this conversation and uh, just for us all to share uh, going forward. And so with that, uh, I just want to throw it to you, Michael, first, just kind of tell us a little bit about your background and, and your journey to where you are today. No, absolutely. Again, thanks for having me. And uh, I could talk for hours, but I know we're uh, in a controlled environment, so I'll, I'll do my best to be brief and be gone. Uh, oh, let yeah. it fly, man. <laughs> uh, a little bit about myself. Um, grew up as a desert kid, Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and I think if I were to summarize, I've been blessed uh, with the opportunity to turn a hobby into a career. Uh, uh, Cybersecurity has been in my blood since I was a little kid with my first computer at the age of four. I actually still have it. It's a TI-98-4A home computer, cartridge-based, uh, that would boot to a basic uh, programming prompt. It still works. Um, proud to still have that thing. But uh, growing up in Nevada, uh, you know, there's not a lot kids can do <laughs> unless you're 21 and older. Uh, so it gave me a lot of time to just uh, play with computers and build them from the ground up. Um, but in the 90s time frame, I really uh, was enraptured by the cyberpunk subculture, uh, when, you know, the stuff of uh, cybersecurity was science fiction at the time, and now it's our reality. Um, so became a hobbyist by trade uh, for a lot of reasons. I did mostly lab work, which kept me on the white hat side of things. Uh, didn't do anything that would get me into trouble, so to speak. Um, but my journey brought me to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, um, and uh, while I was slinging pizzas at Domino's and selling show tickets at the Excalibur, uh, during the summers, I was spending um, some time here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area working at a uh, Chili's restaurant. Um, so my my DNA has always been around uh, customer service, hospitality, always the servant's heart of wanting to take care of others. Um, so Vegas is all about that too with hospitality. So I was able to translate into a bartending job, food server job with Chili's. Um, but with a little bit of luck, I happened to pick a Chili's that was just down the street from Brinker International, the parent company a multi-billion dollar international uh, conglomerate of casual dining restaurants. At the time, they owned Chili's on the border, Macaroni Grill, Maggiano's, Corner Bakery. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, now they just own Maggiano's and, and Chili's. Um, but I was able to spend 20 years of my career at Brinker, a great people-first organization, great culture, a big focus on customer service. Um, and in addition, a place where as a, as a young kid with a hobby, and if you offer up, I'm willing to learn more and sign up for extra work, they threw it my way. Um, so I wore a lot of hats in technology at Brinker, um, everything from implementing an ERP system called JD Edwards for purchasing and distribution. Uh, I was a web systems engineer with our .com uh, website and a lot of other web applications. Um, and then eventually was able to take my career in cybersecurity for Brinker International. Uh, this was in the mid 2000s. Uh, so right on the cusp of PCI becoming a reality in our day-to-day -day life, Sarbanes-Oxley, which is something nobody ever talked about, becoming a reality as well. Um, really the kind of cybersecurity journey where uh, at, at Brinker, it was a compliance-driven uh, focus that we had to evolve in being a pure place security-driven focus and compliance would naturally get taken care of. Um, but during my career at Brinker with uh, ownership of cybersecurity, people leadership really started to emerge for me as well as a passion. 
Um, and again, was uh, surrounded by great leadership that gave me more opportunities to move into leadership roles. And as I've grown as a leader um, and been focused on cybersecurity, and as I've had mentors, uh, one of the key things for me has been understanding how do people get to where they are? How do they grow? How do they develop? And, and one thing I noted is uh, very few successful individuals haven't worn a lot of hats and they've added a lot of tools to their tool belt. So um, I did spend other time at Brinker International owning enterprise architecture and innovation. Um, if you've ever been to a Chili's and seen the tabletop kiosk device, uh, which they call a Zeosk, um, that actual device, uh, my innovation team uh, helped uh, partner with that vendor to roll 50,000 tabletop devices to all restaurants. So it was a great um, stress producer of how does innovation challenge cybersecurity and how do you make the two work together to provide a secure solution, but uh, drive an advantageous position uh, for your company. Um, also uh, led infrastructure maintenance and support roles, application maintenance and support roles, and then the service desk or IT service management. So I got to diversify my tool belt quite a bit. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get a phone call from Southwest Airlines. And it's one of those phone calls that you definitely pick up and listen to. Um, and I listened to the call. Uh, they were looking for somebody to have domain owner ownership of cybersecurity and drive their agenda forward. So about five years ago, after 20 years with Brinker, I moved over to Southwest Airlines uh, and was challenged by a, a new industry, a complex industry, a lot of tech debt, uh, a lot of uh, technology period. If you hear our CEO, Gary Kelly talk, he will tell you we are a technology company. Uh, we've got 750 flying data centers, so to speak, that we've got to protect uh, with security. Um, but it's been an absolute privilege being at Southwest Airlines, uh, learning a new industry and, and driving a cybersecurity agenda as part of critical infrastructure. The, the landscape is starkly different uh, than a restaurant company, but at the same time, um, Southwest Airlines is all about our customers and we're ultimately there uh, to take care of our customers and connect them to what's important in their lives. And I love that we talk about our people and our customers, not about being an airline. Uh, we just happen to fly planes. But uh, again, that's my journey in a nutshell. Enjoy cybersecurity. Um, I can't imagine doing anything else in the brief stints where I had to step into other roles. It reinforced for me that if I'm not doing cybersecurity, I miss it like a, a lost loved one. So it definitely doesn't feel like work. I feel like it's a noble purpose. And um, as long as there's crime, we're going to have plenty to do. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that, Michael. Man, there's a, one amazing. There's a lot to, uh, for me to unpack there as I listen to you talk. I mean, one, the thing that resonates with me is, is I feel like uh, starting in a customer service uh, service facing role. I think everybody should have to do that. I think everybody should have to, you know, for me, it was bagging groceries or wait somebody's table or, you know, bartender, whatever is understand that interaction, that face to face interaction, because that is truly defined. My career is I it, it really gives you a really concrete feel of who that customer is. Right. Um, and you can refer back to that with all this email and texting and chat rooms and everything, you always have that baseline of knowing what it's like to look at somebody and deliver on an expectation. So I think that's uh, that's super powerful. The other thing I think is awesome is um, you're, you are what I like to call an operator. You know, I have this term that I use around ReliQuest when we look at leadership. And as I look at people, I'm like, well, is that person, you know, good at what they do or are they an operator, right? And you're an operator. That's why they've, we've been able to kind of, watch your career and you've seen your career. Hey, you know what? I can see it at Brinker. Like, hey, uh, let's let's give that over to Michael. Uh, let's see. We're going to put technical devices on 50,000 tables. I bet you, where's, yeah, Michael Simmons, give that to him, right? So there are people in every organization that you can hand things to 
and they're going to find a way they're going to unpack it they're going to understand the requirement they're going to then there are other people which are valuable too that know how to do their thing but once you get them out of that comfort zone they they, they can't unpack it they can't figure out how to operate it does that make sense so a lot a lot there and i think brinker actually created outback steakhouse too i think the original founders of outback were gms at brinker um in the in the chili's group and others and spun out of there and created osi restaurant partner so uh that's uh pretty cool pretty cool there yeah absolutely you know I've, I've been blessed to work for great leaders um you know with a people focus one being norman brinker really the in inventor of the casual dining market segment and you're right uh, you know, pre-Chili's world and, and what have you. He had a long history with opening up other types of restaurants and he's just a leader who's grown and built leaders. And of course, Southwest Airlines with Herb Kelleher, Gary Kelly, a lot of great leaders there as well. So I've been very appreciative and haven't taken for granted. Uh, but Brian, I, I'd agree with you on the, the customer facing side. And I wouldn't say cybersecurity is unique to any other type of IT or technical, technical role, um, but we actually have two customer sets. We have our internal customers that we partner with within Southwest Airlines to deliver cybersecurity capabilities and services. We have to be cognizant of the kind of experiences we're creating for them and their willingness to adopt what we're selling. And then of course we have the ultimate macro level customer of everyone that's flying our planes um, in, in, in a clear need that you've got to understand what's important to them and why uh, so that we can produce the best cybersecurity solution possible, right? This, this balance of enablement while mitigating risk um, and it's a fine line to walk, uh, but I am a big believer. Um, if you're not getting out there and spending time, you know, my past life going to restaurants and understanding what it's like to be an operator uh, and understand that what we think might be easy from a security standpoint, and we just take for granted. But if you ask a restaurant manager, a food server or a pilot or a flight attendant, hey, how does multi-factor authentication treat you on the flight deck? You know, it seems so easy. You know, you get a, a, a authenticator app, you get the code. But then you really talk to them and understand like, yeah, maybe easy for you, but look at what I'm dealing with, right? You've got to get those feedback loops to help optimize and improve what you're doing and make sure that, you know, it's a win for them and it's a win for us from a security standpoint. You know, I, I believe wholeheartedly, you know, as you increase security, you decrease inconvenience. So you've just got to calibrate those to the right level and you've got to be flexible. Um, I like to go into things and assume the answer is yes. Yeah. I think it, 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 it changes your mindset and motivates you towards making it a reality. Um, if you go in with an automatic, like that's risky, that's not safe. We really shouldn't be doing this. You're going to find every reason to, to shut it down. But one of the things I, I, I tell our team members, you know, if you look at Southwest Airlines as a whole or any airline, we take manageable business risk every single day. You know, pre-COVID, when we're, when we're healthy, you know, we're putting 4,000 aircraft in the air with 180 souls on them. I mean, that's taking manageable business risk. We've reduced the risk enough to say it's safe to fly. If Southwest Airlines wasn't willing to take that level of managed business risk, we wouldn't be in business. We wouldn't do what we would do today. Uh, we wouldn't be connecting uh, our customers to what's important in their lives. And I tell my team all the time, like the, the company's taking manageable business risk. It's our jobs to articulate that risk, tell them how we can manage that risk and drive towards yes being the answer the right way. Um, so it's definitely a big motivating factor for us on on the customer uh, centricity and how we make sure we're taking care of them. Man, I'll tell you, Michael, such an important connection that you make with, you know, that referencing the pilot and understanding what it's like in that pre-takeoff rhythm and that one extra step or two extra step to log into something could mean the difference between, you know, one of the other safety precautions or giving the right experience for the passengers getting on the plane. And 
you know, it's funny um, inside of ReliQuest, I like to always make the point. We don't know what's happening on the other side. Like to a certain level, we can impact inside the customer environment beyond a certain point. So we may be wondering, well, why aren't they doing this or why aren't they doing that? Well, it could be that in Southwest's case, well, hey, you know what? They're they're trying to, to help the pilot or they're trying to help one of this other business operations. Or I sat down, you'll appreciate this with the CISO of a large uh, hospitality restaurant group. And uh, he said that their board and CEO uh, tell him all the time, we want to be absolutely the most secure restaurant chain in the world. As long as you don't slow down that appetizer hitting the table. And, and I want our people to really understand that, you know, there's a limitation to security. I mean, we're a security company. That's all we think about, you know, but, and that's how we run our business on security. But you've got to think about, you know, thousands of customers boarding that plane every day. And if that plane's late, there's repercussions, right? So it's really powerful. No, you're spot on, Brian. I mean, you, you got to investigate the why. You've got to get feedback. You've got to understand, you know, what kind of experiences are we creating for our internal customers as as well as our external customers and our operators? Because um, if you're not creating the right experience, I, I mean, wholeheartedly, I don't know anybody at Southwest. If you ask them, do you want to be secure? They're going to say yes. But if you make it hard for them, I mean, it's natural. They're going to find an alternative path. Yeah. Um, so if you're ever sitting there and wondering, like, why are these alternative paths? Uh, why do they keep being pursued? It will not do well for you to go beat them over the head with policy violations. And how dare you? And do you understand in this day and age uh, that you should be doing this? Shame on you. Um, it's usually something other than that. They want to. But if you make it hard for them, um, they're just not going to adopt what you're selling. In fact, I, I went through a personal re revelation over the past uh, couple of years you know, cybersecurity is a war on many fronts. I mean, we're dealing with insider threats, external threats, whether they're cyber criminals or nation state actors, whatever it may be. But the, the other front is a war on customer service. And we as a cybersecurity team recognize, you know, the secret sauce to security is speed, speed, uh, invisibility, automation, automatic. How do we make it transparent and invisible to our customers, the adoption of our security services if we make it hard for our internal software development teams, our operators, our engineers to implement what we're selling, uh, they're going to push back. They're going to try to find different ways to do it. They're going to opt not to do it at all. They might go find somebody else outside of Southwest to do it for them. And those are just not outcomes we want as a cybersecurity team. So it's funny, we, while we're still focused on insider threats, external threats, I would say one of the biggest things we prioritize right now is that internal customer experience and how do we automate everything and make our services so easy to consume in optimal state would be a transparent and automatic way. But there is just no argument with doing security because we've made it so easy to integrate, use and leverage. That's how we win. If we get our internal customers to adopt our security deliverables and services, that's how we scale. I'll never be able to hire enough cybersecurity professionals. I have to scale through other people. I have to scale through technology. So we've just had this big inward focus on automation to drive that customer service improvement. Man, what a what a timely comment. It's funny. And, and when people hear, especially in technology, when we hear the word automation, the first fear are always is, are you going to automate my job? And, and you and I have had conversations about this since I can remember your first visit to Tampa and we were giving this tour over uh, in our security operations center is that, you know, we've got to eliminate the things in security that take a ton of time and that don't require a lot of brain power, right? All that, that minutia, that nonsense, that garbage data, 
that slows it down for, for your customers inside of Southwest and also creates a headache for your security team. But it's funny to me how every time we talk about automation, there's this natural fear that people have, wait a minute, well, then what am I going to do if I'm not doing this thing, right? And I think that's, it's powerful to hear that being one of your, uh, your priorities as well and how that ties to your customer. Yeah, Brian, hear the same messages, you know, automation breeds fear, you know, whether you watch the news shows, science fiction films, you know, it's that adverse impact of automation on, on the human element. Um, I would say, you know, one thing, um, I mentioned speeds of secret sauce security. Threat actors aren't going to wait for us. They're not going to wait for you to be in an offensive position, uh, ready to play ball or a defensive position, right? They're going to take every opportunistic chance they have uh, to be faster than us. So that's one driver where automation is critical. The other element, right, is explaining the why. We've got to work with our team members and talk through the whys of automation and how it has a positive impact on the growth and development of their career. Right now, you know, I've got traditional system engineers uh, that are used to running setup.exe and hitting some config radio buttons and implementing software. Now it's like, let's transform your skills to be more software engineering oriented. Uh, let's get you in this way of where now you can automate the implementation of your abilities and skills and technology, because guess what? The work is not slowing down. The business is piling up more and more backlog of requests on us. When you automate this, I promise you, I'm going to have more work for you to do. And it'll be this evolution of automation. And the reality is automation just doesn't take care of itself. It still has to be maintained, improved upon, enhanced, uh, tweaked as changes come in. So the reality is we're still growing our team, even with the volume of automation we're implementing, and we still have a long road to do. And I anticipate that our team will continue to grow because, uh, uh, again, crime isn't stopping. Nation state activity threats aren't stopping. We've got plenty to do from a business demand standpoint. When you pile all that up, um, th there's just no one going anywhere if they opt to stay at Southwest and get the job done. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Um, and and uh, it, it's 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 great to see how the train that chain reaction of events all tie together, right? And how one impacts the other, which is uh, which is really powerful. Hey, thanks for tuning in to part one of our three part conversation with Southwest Airlines. Chief Information Security Officer Michael Simmons. And be sure to tune back in next week for part two of our conversation when we tackle the impact of humility on leadership, how playing to win versus playing to lose impacts our decision making. And also we talk a little bit about vertical focus versus horizontal focus. And I want to encourage you to talk about what you heard today with some of your teammates. Look, our greatest learning opportunities come from conversations because conversations advance self-reflection. And it's through self-reflection where we begin to internalize ideas and turn them into action. Thanks for listening. Make it a great day.